All right, welcome into the Reframe Podcast. Pastor Jason Blakey, I'm Kelly O'Mara, and uh, this is an opportunity just for us to kind of chat about topics that are either going on out in the world, going on in the church, or just going on in our lives, right, That's right. Jason? Sky's the limit. We That's can pretty right. much talk about whatever we feel like it. So we, exactly. have, we have the microphones. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll put in a plug right now that we want to talk about what you want us to talk about as well. So please send in any topics that you'd like to hear us talk about. You can always send it to Pastor Jason at framework.church. And when we take a look at them, we would love to be able to discuss some of the topics that are on your hearts as well. Exactly, because everybody's got things that are going on in their mind all the time. How was your week this week, speaking of things going on? It was interesting, busy. Yeah, a busy weekend. I had to learn how to run the soundboard and do some stuff like that that I hadn't really done by myself before. Mm-hmm. So was able to kind of work through that, but then recorded, had to jump on bass later on to record something for the church here, and that was fun, and Valentine's Day was this week, so um, I always have to get creative. My wife hates, like, chocolate and flowers, so, like, I don't have the go-to, hey, I'm going to, like, give you something really cool, so I had right. to get, I have to get creative every year. So, this year, I got us, like, a, it's something that you can learn how to dance in your living room, so it's like a date night, oh. so it'll be a multiple night thing where we try to figure out how to dance, like ballroom dancing, but it's in your living room, so we're not professionals. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope there's going to be videos. (laughs) I think so. I mean, knowing my wife, there'll be videos coming out, yeah. (laughs) That'll be amazing. I think everybody will be excited to see that. They'll be like, oh yeah, she's awesome, and look at Jason. He's trying (laughs) to keep up. (laughs) She's amazing, and then the other guy. There was somebody else in the room too, right? (laughs) You're just the comic relief. Yeah, Yeah. that's usually how it is with dancing and me. I I end up being the guy they laugh at, so that's good. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was good. A um, bit stressful here and there, but I think that's everybody right now, right? I mean, we're recording this right now in January. No, we're not. We're recording this right now in February. I don't even know what day it is. That's true. <laughs> that's how hard it is. <laughs> that's, so, I mean, February, I think that brings the February blues. I think everybody kind of deals with that. And, um, but we're this week getting ready for the Lent service that's going to be coming up. So, you know, we did that over the weekend and so by the time people listen to this, that will have passed, but it'll still be on the website, and that was a lot of fun. We did some singing there, and um, yeah, it actually, we were talking before we started this about kind of a funny moment from that recording where <laughs> I screwed up a little bit, <laughs> and I just kind of started jumping up and down, my own version of dancing. It was, it was pretty interesting. I, I, like, I wasn't sure if like something was trying to bite you or what it was. <laughs> I think so, yeah. It's funny because like I'm a physical person often, and so I don't always come across as it because um, I think over time, you know, you just kind of lose some of that. Um, but to help myself focus, because I'm not the world's greatest focuser, which I think people will see from the ramblings that we're going to do in these podcasts. I don't focus real real well. Um, so when I screwed up, it's like this burst of energy just like flowed through me. And then it was like, I got to refocus. So jumping just started. <laughs> um, and actually God used that to, to talk to me this week a little bit. Um, because like I said, it's February, you know, you're going through like the, the February blues and, you know, life is stressful and I'm in kind of a weird season right now. My daughter's in college, and um, I'm going through kind of one of those, like, I don't actually know who I am at this point seasons. I think everybody goes through that from, like, time to time. I was talking to somebody much younger than myself who is going through the same thing, you know, just in college, doesn't really know where the 
road is leading. And so I was kind of in the car driving to an appointment and it was a long drive. So I had a lot of time to think. And I was trying to, you know, I was praying and I'm just like, God, I don't even know who I am at this point and I don't even know where I'm going at this point. And I was driving home after my appointment and I kind of was thinking through all of that. And as I was driving home, it was like, I just started thinking about the the practice that we had had where like I just kind of started jumping up and down and it was like God said, that's who you are. You're the little five-year-old girl who whenever she would get excited about something or something fun would happen, she just starts jumping up and down. And it was, I mean, <laughs> tears, you know, because it's like, oh my gosh, like it just, it takes you back to like the simple things, you know, instead of thinking like, well, who am I? Am I, am I a great philosopher? The answer to that is no. Um, am I, you know, a great musician? No, I'm an okay one, you know, but like what, what, who am I at my core? And it was like God said, you know, a lot of times we overthink it and, and we forget like who he's created us to be because the world just kind of beats you down and wears you out. But deep down inside, there's parts of us that never change, you know? And he just kind of kept talking to me about like, and not in an audible voice, like I wasn't sitting in the car with like a big booming voice coming through the loudspeaker, but it was just kind of, you know, that gentle knowing voice where it was, you know, the way that I buried that little girl, you know, is the same way that sometimes we forget we're God's children, but that also never changes. So like the same way that yeah. It just naturally came out of me to jump up and down to refocus because that's who I am at my core. I'm also God's child and that never changes. And so it was just kind of this, I was going from like an identity crisis to a reminder that no matter what, I'm still God's kid, you know? That's cool. We get stories like that and it's important because I think we all hit different parts of life that we're needing a reminder of who we are, really, and, and I don't think it happens once. I think it happens over and over again. Oh, and every new season, I think. That's right, and things change all the time, and so we're needing that reminder, and, and the grounding can be in God, but I love that you were able to share that because even um, we were talking a little bit before this about being a witness and sharing our testimony, and really what that means is like we're, we're telling people our story so that we can bear witness to who God is and what he's actually done for us. And that kind of like, it's almost the proof of God's existence when we actually see the evidence in the lives of his people and how he's working through it. And so like, I love that because you're bearing witness to like, yeah, this is my God and he is real. This is what he reminded me of and this right. is what's really grounded me. And we, we all have stories like that. Um, and if you, especially if you've been following God for any length of time, but even your very beginning story of discovering who God is is a witness because that's the moment that you started to 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 change the moment he started to make you new right yeah he started doing something and there and there was something different and you realized that it was something beyond yourself um and i mean everybody has i guess we can call it an origin story of you know faith in god i'm sure you know I think we I think we could talk about it. I think we could share ours. Yeah, I mean, mine started back when I was eight. So I was like a really young um, first believer. My family, though, they weren't Christians at all. In fact, we, we actually got brought into a church 
uh, because our friends were going. So we wanted to go to church with our friends. They had like this friend day and they're like, bring your friends. So I showed up and I had gone to church before, but it was really boring. Like I hated church. You sat there, they yelled at you if you moved too much. It was like a, a punishment to go to church. Right? And so we go to this church that next, all the kids are running around, they're all having fun, we're doing dance moves, we're, which I'm still not good at. But like we, we're doing, I love there's so much dance in your life now. <laughs> there's so much dance in my life, all around me. It's like I could do it. That's why I picked up an instrument, so I can like hang right. behind the background and watch people dance. They're all good. That's amazing. It was a plan. <laughs> so, um, but like there's, there's a lot of movement there. And I went, went home and told my parents, I was like, church is fun. And my brother and my sister, they went, and they're like, church is fun. And my parents didn't believe me. Like, they had never had what they would say as a fun church experience. And so mom and dad got interested, and they wanted to go, so they, they went as well. And eventually, uh, we were all going together as, as a family. And it was at uh, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. There was this, like, movement of, uh, of this play that really tried to show you what heaven was like and what hell was like. And people would die in these random ways and end up into heaven and it, in, this is just in the play, not in real life. Uh, well, one would hope. <laughs> yeah, they end up at the gates and they're either would be pulled away by Satan or be led into heaven with Jesus and there was always celebration with Jesus and it was like terrifying for the Satan part. And as an eight-year-old, I'm sitting there going, this is horrible, I don't want to be going to hell. So at that moment, I think mentally, I was like, okay, I'm scared, I want to go to heaven, not hell. So I remember like afterwards running up, my mom actually tried to stop me because she wasn't even a Christian at that point. So she was like trying to hold me back. And I, but I was on the edge. My, my brother and my sister, she could hold on to. But, so I jumped up and I went to the altar. I was like, I'm going to pray this prayer. And I did. I don't necessarily think that that was like the moment I came to Christ. Because it, it was later on that I really did. But that was the first moment I was consciously aware that there was a different spot for me. And that God had something planned for me. But when I was 13, I was at... Um, Caton's Island, actually. It's a summer camp in, in the St. John River um, between St. John and Fredericton, New Brunswick. And at, at that camp, I remember there was a speaker, and he's like, Jesus actually wants you to follow him. He actually loves you, and he really cares for you. But if you're deciding to follow him, then you really have to surrender yourself to him. And it was in that moment that I realized I kind of mentally knew by that time God existed, because since the time that Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames play, until I was 13, so there's five years there, I was learning about God, and I was reading the Bible. I was going to Sunday school, and so I was gaining all this head knowledge, but nothing had ever hit my heart, right? And then all of a sudden, at, at this meeting, it clicked. Like, oh, no, this is real. Like, this is something I actually have to change my life for. And so I, I actually got on my knees um, and just said, all right, God, I want to do this. I want to follow you. What do you want of me? And I had a weird moment at that point. Um, I don't always share this part, but I'm going to because we're on a podcast and it's weird. Um, <laughs> the perfect platform. <laughs> that's right. For I can't weird. see any other faces, so I can say this, and there's nobody here. But like, um, I had a weird like Paul moment where, as I was praying, I had the only what only described as a vision. Basically, it was like pictures of people that flashed in my mind, and it was almost like God was speaking to me. There wasn't a weird voice; it was more like an impression on my heart, and I knew what it was meaning, and it was basically saying, you're going to bring hope to these people. It's almost like my own little mission of the great commandment saying, like, I'm sending you out. And I knew, I was like, at that point, I knew I would be working for God in some capacity, and at that point, I attributed it to missions, and I did. I ended up 12 years overseas, 
doing different missions work, and now I'm here in Prescott as a pastor, but um, that same vision happened again later on, but that was really, for me, that moment at 13 was the time that my life turned around, and uh, you don't always have to have a vision like that or a Paul moment, that's why I'm hesitant to say it, because most of the time that doesn't happen, um, but I think I'm pretty stubborn, and without that, it probably wouldn't have happened the same way, so I needed it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Everybody's testimony is so personal to them, because God knows that you don't react the same way that I react, and the way I react isn't the same way that somebody else reacts, and and we all need it to be tailored to us, and that's what's so amazing about such a personal God. Yeah. So how did you end up discovering Christ? Well, <clears throat> so I grew up in the church, um, but I don't, I mean, I prayed the prayer with my mom and my brother, and, you know, I don't really consider myself to have been a Christian at that point, though. Um, when I was really young, my dad would take us to the Catholic Church in the morning, and then my mom would take us to the East and Wesleyan for a while. Um, and then, actually, we transitioned to the Prescott Wesleyan. I've been in the Prescott Wesleyan Church a long time, <laughs> a very long time. Um, but... Uh, so church to me was scary. It wasn't, um, I, I was very shy in general. And so going into like groups of other kids was very uncomfortable for me. So going into like a youth group, I was very nervous. And uh, until Christina Pitlack, now Gonzorowski, Frank Pitlack's daughter, she became my friend kind of around junior high, and that was kind of when we transitioned into the Prescott Wesleyan Church. And so that's kind of when I started to go to some of the youth things, but not very many because, honestly, it was very intimidating and overwhelming for me. I'm much more introverted than extroverted. Um, and as a kid, church was so scary that, honestly, sometimes I would make myself throw up so that I didn't have to go. Mm. It was just very, you know, people were going to talk about death and dying and hell. And that was all a lot for me. And all I could think was, I'm not going to make it. My parents aren't going to make it. My friends aren't going to make it. You know, it was just all the scary stuff. And it wasn't that the pastors were preaching scary stuff, but it was like, that's what I was hearing. And so um, as I grew up, I never really drifted away from it. I, I, it, it was scary enough that I didn't want to not be a part of it. But it was scary enough that I didn't want to be a part of it. I was kind of caught in these two worlds. And, you know, I remember as a kid, I had a panic attack one night because the song, um, Behold, He Comes, <laughs> coming through the clouds, came into my head at like midnight. And I thought, he's coming right now. And I just went into, you know, panic. And so that's kind of my relationship as a kid. I would have these moments of God showing up, but most of it was a lot of fear. And then I went away to college. I still went to church. Um, funny enough, Christy Netto and John Netto used to pick me up in Bangor at Orono because I was going to school in Orono and take me to River City Church in Bangor. Mm. And it was quite a while after I came back that John realized that we had that connection from years and years ago because they were dating at the time. And so I would go there. And then I was in, I went to teach because I taught for two years before I started working at the TV station because that's what my actual degree is in. <laughs> and my second year of teaching, my first year of teaching, I kind of was like, yeah, I'm still going to, you know, follow God. I'm kind of in, I'm kind of out. But it was my second year of teaching in the fall when I really count that as my moment of saying, yep, this is the life I'm going to choose. And, you know, I'd been baptized in everything as a kid, but 
that's the moment because my mom came down for a women's prayer meeting at the River City Church that I was going to. And she went because her friend Paula White, who is from Easton, was going to be speaking at it. And so she and a friend of hers came down to see that. And I wasn't planning to go. Mom had said, hey, you know, if you want to come, you're more than welcome. But, you know, obviously it's up to you. And, and so I was going through a really hard time because teaching was never really my thing. And I had a very challenging class that year. And we had a fill-in principal who was not the one that would come later, who was much easier for me to work with. He was very, you know, well, what are you doing wrong? And, and I was so new to it, and everything was just overwhelming. And I actually had a, a letter in my mailbox that day saying, we have to meet on Monday. Mm. And I just said, this isn't going well. <laughs> and I was in the car with my mom and because she was like, well, why don't we go out to dinner? So I went and I met them for dinner. And so I just found myself going to the church with her on that Friday night. And I hadn't even been planning on it because Paula wasn't speaking till Saturday. So if I was going to go, my plan was to not even go till Saturday. But somehow I found myself in the parking lot and just crying about this meeting I had to have on Monday and how everything was just so horrible. And, and so I just found myself going in. And I walked in, and when I walked in, this woman who was going to be speaking that night kind of made eye contact with me, and I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And, you know, she just kind of stared at me, and I was like, well, that's really kind of uncomfortable. Hmm. And so I sat down, and, and the meeting started, and I think we were five minutes in, and she was standing in front of me. Wow. Which I don't, <laughs> I don't seek out that kind of attention. Um, so it was just kind of like, I don't know what to do right now. And she just... She's speaking to the women, and, and I actually have a copy of this somewhere at my house. And she stopped and she looked at me and she said, God has a big call for your life. If you keep following, you will change the world. Or you will change something about a country or you will change a nation. You will change a nation. That's what it was. You will change a nation. To this day, I have no idea what that means. Mm. But it shook me enough to be like, why is she standing in front of me? And... Uh, and I just kind of, you know, she, she spoke to me for a couple of minutes and then she moved on. And I, <laughs> mom kind of looks at me and I kind of looked at her like, holy cow. And I went home and I kind of thought about it. And I came back the next day and she said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. She came up to me and she said, I'm sorry that I singled you out, but I just felt God telling me to go talk to you in that moment. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. You know, um, and she was like, there's, there's something special about you. And I was like, okay. And then I listened throughout the day and it was just like, God just kept pulling on my heart, pulling on my heart, pulling on my heart. And so, you know, Paula spoke and more pulled to my heart. And so at the end of the day, um, they did an altar call and I went up and Paula came and prayed with me. I'm going to try not to get emotional, mm. but it's so funny because God just like met me there, you know, and I just felt this weight just go. Yeah. And I love funny things. And so God always throws humor in to pretty much anything that we do. And I have a little twisted sense of humor. So I thought this was very funny, but as I'm praying at the altar, Paula leans back and goes, you know, you look so much better 
you know, because all mm. this had fallen off my shoulders. <laughs> and it was at that point that a lady came down and said, your shirt's on fire to Paula. <laughs> Because there were candles on the (laughs) altar, and it had actually caught her shirt a little on fire and actually burned a hole in it, which is probably not funny to most people, but I thought it was funny because she was safe and fine. And it just was kind of one of those moments like, you know, I've had this really serious moment, and then God broke the tension, Mm. you know? And so I got up from that moment, and I said, okay, with God, I can handle whatever's coming. And God got me through the rest of that school year, and then he moved me on to other things. But it's that moment, and I actually ended up getting baptized again, um, my choice. You know, I'd been baptized in eighth grade, actually by Pastor Rick. Um, but I did that more out of fear, and because my brother was doing it at the same time, I chose to get baptized the second time. And I did it by myself, and Pastor Jeremy Hale passed, uh, baptized me um, And I keep that baptism certificate on my wall because to me that was a really important day. And so that's kind of, that's kind of my, that's the moment that I count as coming to God. It's interesting that even for those of us who kind of grow up in the church or who were young, there usually is another moment later on when you really as an adult decide, yes, I'm going to follow Christ. And that changes everything. Because, I mean, we talk about freedom from sin and freedom from the burdens. Um, but I don't think that's, that's something that happens right away. Some, I think there's a growth period before you're really actually dying to yourself. And it's almost a decision you have to make um, at a different time. And, and I was the same way. Like, I started with that head knowledge didn't really create freedom for me. It was just a starting point maybe of learning about God. Exactly. It's that planting of the seed, right? Somebody plants this seed, somebody plants this seed, and then somebody else waters it, and and then it grows into what what is a genuine faith. That's right. And when I was 13 then, like that's different. It's still young, but when I was 13, that's when I really had an actual encounter. But my life was changed. Like there was actual difference between Jason before and Jason after. And, And that was just as a child. Like there's... It's amazing to see how God can take even a teenager and flip them upside down. And that's kind of what the Bible talks about, being made new. Like you're being adopted into the family of God. You're becoming a child of God, as John 1.12 says. But then in that moment, um, when you actually, with your heart, enter into this, there's almost like a, a, a new a new person coming out of it. So I guess that's why in the Wesleyan church we use the slogan, be made new. And we, the whole point is that, like that moment that you had as you're sitting at the altar and those things are being shedded from your shoulders and you're weeping because you're like, wow, this is actually happening. God's taking hold. Right, absolutely. And, and I think it is so important. And, and, you know, I hear a lot of people, you know, people will open up to me. I tend to be somebody that people feel comfortable opening up to. And in all of the stories that I've heard people open up to me, when they're people who don't um, necessarily, you know, they'll say themselves, well, you know, my faith isn't real strong or, you know, whatever. I find that often they haven't had that second moment yet. You know, that moment where they say that I'm going to choose to follow God. A lot of times they have that moment where mom and dad took them to church or they went to church one day to a youth group. And so they're just like, yeah, you know, I, I did that. And, you know, whenever I kind of talk to them, I love to hear their stories. 
and you know, sometimes I'll say, well, did you choose, you know, have you chosen yet? And so I think sometimes it does require that second, but I think sometimes people don't realize that maybe they even need that second one. My father-in-law, I think he was close to 50 years old before he had an, the second account. Like, he grew up in the church. His dad was a pastor, traveling missionary, minister guy. Like, he, he basically grew up surrounded by the church, right? And he always knew church stuff. He married someone who also grew up with the church. So, like, they, they both knew God. They went to a great church. They, they watched it grow from 300 to, I think it was like 3,000, something like that now. Um, but in the middle of that, he'd always had that, that head encounter. Like, he knew God was real. Right. But he had never really surrendered his life to, to God. And it was really funny because Christine and I were, were missionaries. Um, and I remember him coming over, and we were just having a discussion about God in our living room. And um, what clicked with him is the idea of a relationship. I looked at him. I was like, well, I mean, if you never talked to your wife, you guys wouldn't last. Like, if you just lived your life being beside your wife you're not going to know who she is. You're not going to be able to, to react with her. You're not going to understand what those glances mean when she looks at you. The same's with God. Like You're not going to understand the prodding of God if you don't actually spend time with him. You're not going to understand when you read the Bible because you don't read it enough. You're not going to understand when you pray anything he's trying to say to you because you haven't practiced listening. And um, it was interesting. He went back home. We were in Croatia at that point. He went back home from Croatia and just began to seek God in a different way. And honestly, he's a changed man. Like he, he doesn't mind me saying this. He used to be angry, like a real angry individual. I've shared it from church before. Um, and he's not anymore. He's, in fact, he's this crazy on fire for God, and you can't stop him from talking about God. It's ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> but like you can actually see how God has changed his life, and now he just wants to tell everyone because he's now doing as like, Acts 1.8 says he's now being a witness and going out and telling people about that. But also he's actively discipling other people. People are coming to Christ because of the transformation in his life and how new he is in a new creation. So I like that you said, like, this is our origin story because it's not the end goal. The end goal is not to become a Christian. Like, that's actually the starting line of our growth with Christ. Right, absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, okay, I, I've lived this much of my life with him, kind of, or without him. But there's like, once you accept God, then that's when the call starts. You know, that's when, that's when the action starts. That's when it's going to get harder, too. You know, it's not like I accept Jesus and now my life is going to be all roses. In fact, in my experience... Often it's the opposite of that. I've accepted Jesus and now it feels like everything's going to come against me to discourage me from that choice. Um, so yeah, I mean, going from yes, and I, and I think that's why the Holy Spirit really comes in and gets a hold of your heart when you, when you are genuinely accepting Jesus because that road gets really rocky really fast sometimes. And, you know... And, and again, it comes in seasons. Everything's seasons. So you may get through one valley and, you know, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm back up on the mountain. I'm feeling good. But that next valley is coming because that's, that's how life is. Yeah, we have different podcasts talking about 
Satan and his role in the background. But I honestly believe that when you become a Christian, there's more spiritual oppression all of a sudden because you're no longer inactive. Like, I mean, if you're gonna be one of those people that think, okay, I said a prayer, I got a golden ticket, now I can sit down and just pay my way into heaven with this golden ticket. Um, Satan's not gonna actually try to do anything to you because honestly, you're making no difference whatsoever, right? Right, you're not, you're not really actively fighting for the kingdom of God. Yeah, but that's also not where God wants us to be. I mean, every one of the commandments he issues for being a disciple, which is what he asked us to be, is to go and do something, be active in the community, be going, sharing the word of God, make more disciples who will make more disciples. So we're supposed to invest in other people and be with other people like my father-in-law is doing now. I mean, it's crazy how many people he's discipling. Um, But that is the power of the church. It's not supposed to be us coming together into a building and singing songs together. We're supposed to be out in the community bearing witness to who God is through stories like what you just shared, but also the countless stories you've had since, including the one you had this week. Right, because it, it never, it's not like God's like, okay, you're saved and now, you know, there's no more growth, there's no more, right? I mean, it even says, you know, when you were an infant, I fed you, in, <laughs> I'm going to really butcher this verse, something like when you were an infant, I fed you infant food and now, you know, you're older, you need to basically eat things of more substance. You've got to grow, you've got to continue to learn, you have to continue to um, flourish in your faith because if you're not, then you know, it's so much easier to snuff out that light. Um, And honestly, uh, you know, that's where people kind of can get stuck a little bit. They, They start strong, but then discouragement comes along or life gets busy. I know I'm as guilty as anybody of, you know, life got busy and I didn't read my Bible as much as I wanted or I wasn't pursuing that relationship as much as I wanted. I mean, I think that's human relationship anyway, right? You know, you go through these periods of time where you're like, yes, I am on fire for this relationship. And then it's like, oh, I kind of lost my motivation there and you kind of take a few steps back. I mean, that's kind of human nature anyway. So it's it's always trying to just, you have to be, you ha- you have to be, specific about how you invest in the relationship because God is being specific about how he invests in the relationship with you. Yeah, beating ourselves up never actually uh, helps. Like we often are like, man, I wish I read the Bible more or I wish I was a super Christian like that person who probably really isn't a super Christian. We're just thinking they are because they're not us and they're someone else. Um, right. And But even that ter- like that idea of someone being a better Christian than us really shouldn't be applicable because our journey with Christ is our journey with Christ. We are supposed to help people along but you're not gonna be in the same spot as anybody else. You could be further ahead or further behind. And there's gonna be seasons in life that you go up and down. The idea though is to keep moving forward. And, and so if you're at a point like discouraging yourself, man, man, I wish I was reading the Bible more or oh, I wish I spent more time in prayer. Well, start. I mean, I, I think I, I ask someone here every week at church, how are you doing today? And they, their answer to me is, well, I'm putting one foot in front of the other. And I mean, that's the right idea for Christianity. You just if you're trying to grow in Christ, put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> right. Like I was driving here today um, and I was just, I just kind of have conversations with God and, and I was just like, okay, God, I'm horrible at resting, but I'm very tired. You're going to have to show me how. And I think sometimes, you know, and I'm no super Christian, but it's just sometimes I think we have to just ask God and say, okay, what is next? You've got to show me my next step because I don't know what it is. And he knows. He has a plan, you know, and I know he's going to, you know, I know he heard me and he'll meet me where I am somehow. I don't know how that will be, 
but I think sometimes it's just honestly saying, okay, God, I don't know what to do right now, but I know I have some needs. I know my family has some needs. You're going to have to take the wheel on this, and you're going to have to show me what my next step is, how to take my next step. You know, for me, I'm horrible at resting, just horrible at resting. And, you know, that's such an important part. I've been reading, uh, I think I'm in Exodus, and he talks so much about the Sabbath day and resting. I mean, he talks so much about it. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just hitting me and hitting me and hitting me. Like, mm. I created this rest day for you. I created this rest day for you. And so it's kind of, you know, and sometimes it, that's, that's just what it takes, just stopping and saying, okay, I don't know the answer. You do. Just show me what you want me to do. I'll do it. Just show me what you want me to do. And the idea of bearing witness is like when you, when God's actually speaking to you and let's say with this rest thing, he actually gives you an answer and you start to like thrive in that. That's when you start to pray God. Okay, God, you've actually answered this. Is there someone else in my life that I can reveal this to? Because when you do that, it's not like you're telling them, here's the best thing that that you need to do. Here's the 101 of being the best restful person because God might have a different direction for them in that. But what you're doing is giving glory to God because you've asked for something and he's answered. And, and so you're not patting yourself on the back for being a great wrestle person, but what you're doing is saying, look at the God who can answer my, my things. And the people you're talking to, that's why you ask God, who can I tell this to? The people you're talking to probably have something in their life they're wanting to ask God of, or that they're journeying for, and they need that encouragement, they need that boost, they need the knowledge that God can even do something like that, or that he cares, right? And that's why when the Bible says, go be your witness, it's not simply just saying, Jesus is awesome. Because really, it's talking about the gospel, the good news altogether. But that encompasses what Jesus can do for all of us sitting right here today. Well, and, you know, Jesus is awesome. But just like everything else in life, you know, if you're not familiar with something, you need to experience it. But you can't experience it until you know about it. And honestly, if I'm, if I'm like, gosh, I'd love to go out to dinner, right? I mean, this really simplifies it, but I'd love to go out to dinner. I might ask you, tell me a little bit about this restaurant. I mean, it's the same idea. It's how people get interested. People think that, you know, I think sometimes people think their testimony has to be this amazing, like, mind-blowing story. But honestly, it's just sharing with people what you experienced. And that testimony, you'll have several throughout your life. You know, you'll have your origin story, you know. But then you'll have your Tuesday in the car story. And you'll have your, um, you know, my friend had their second, you know, you'll have friend stories that you can pass on. We eventually have to experience it ourselves, I think, in order to actually follow Jesus, but we've got to hear about it first from somewhere. That's right. So if you have one, write it in. Send it to the email at pastorjasonframework.church. We'll probably even read it here because that's great, or we might even invite you to come join us. There's some people who are already planning on coming to share their testimony because God's doing something crazy in their life. And so we, we want to be able to share some of those really cool, glorifying moments. So maybe one of those things you can do is write it out, and that'll help you practice saying it so that you can then tell other people. So write down a testimony. Let us know what God is doing in your life. And uh, we, I, I would love to share it from this place. Well, this is the perfect place to do it. And, and this, this is the kind of place, this podcast, where it's a little safer 
because, you know, it's pre-recorded anyway. I don't think anybody's shocked this isn't live. So <laughs> it's kind of pre-recorded, and it, it gives you, like you said, that practice. Because honestly, it's, I've been able to share with people at different times in my life, and I'm always nervous to do it at first, but the reward after is just, it's not that I think, oh my gosh, how amazing was I to have shared that, because honestly, it usually comes from a place of pain or a place of uncertainty or a place of mm. fear that God came in and did something. Mm. So honestly, it takes a few minutes of explaining, well, I wasn't nailing it. And so God came in and taught me something. So there's like a humble part of it too, which I think is good to remind us. One thing God talks about all the time in the Bible is remember. Remember what I did. Remember what I did. Remember what I did. So while I'm sharing with you, I'm also reminding myself of all the times that God's been there for me. That's the purpose. We're, we're talking about recording for Lent and we're getting ready for this Ash Wednesday service, but that's really the purpose of Ash Wednesday is, is to remind us of our humanity and our need of God in it. And um, that, that prepares us for this next Lenten season. So I don't, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this podcast, but um, that doesn't have to stop at one day, right? We, we want to be able to re remind ourselves who God really is. And the purpose, the reason why he came in the first place was to help us, not to uh, hinder us or give us more rules and regulations and stuff like that, but to free us from the bondage of sin. And without him, we, we, we would be stuck in it. Without him, you wouldn't have the moment in your car this week, you'd still be questioning, who am I? Right. Yeah. I think there's, there is good, um, I guess the best way to put it, witness. Like it's a good testimony to be able to say, look, God does this. And the evidence of who he is is real. Just we can hear it in that. And it just gives you, it gives you strength too. It just, it does. You know, sharing or even just those moments with God my my circumstances haven't changed. You know, I wouldn't say that the stress has come off or it's still February. <laughs> but I know God is doing something in me. And I think that's so important to just be reminded of. Just to be reminded, your situation may not change in that moment, but just being reminded that God is there and he's active and he's actively working and he's doing something because he's always doing something he's always doing something i think that's a good way to end it i think that is too he's a good i was just thinking the same thing he's always doing something he's always doing something <laughs> and he's always good so let us know what's he doing in your life and um we're going to keep probably talking about this idea of testimonies uh we're going to be talking a little bit more we've touched on the holy spirit and speaking to us we're going to touch some more on those topics in different podcasts as well. Um, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on a different week. That's right. Thanks. <laughs>